can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. When you hold me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's alright. Welcome in. After a very long week of work and school and plenty of punishments for our guests here, we are back. And boy, do we have a show for you today! Today we are welcoming in Will Tamke. He is with me, actually in the studio this time. Will, it's so great to have you. Uh, it's it's been a long-awaited uh, event, uh, but I think I think it's gonna I think we're gonna prove that it's it's worth the wait have uh the king on the pod so to have that jack you've been talking a lot of shit about will on this podcast um do you have anything you want to say to him now that he's uh, sitting here in front of you it's actually been like uh an obscene amount of shit that i've talked in this podcast about you will um no i think it's all still valid i'm i'm gonna stand by all my uh criticisms of tanky as a fantasy football manager um you know just lack of movement lack <laughs> lack of uh paying attention you know not a lot of thought behind his moves but you know that's why we love will he's the uh he's the everyman he doesn't go by analytics he goes by his heart well will and i are currently splitting a three dollar bottle of cabernet Sauvignon from whole foods so this podcast is gonna get crazy <laughs> i'm currently drinking a juice force voodoo ranger uh, is that an IPA, Jack? Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. Ten percent. Um, I guess with that, uh, I mean, you might need a stiff drink for this this week of trades. I mean, it it really started and ended with me, and it was it was, it was <laughs> really I I I'm feeling good at this point, but um, the start was rough. So right after the end of our last episode, um. I had a trade with Joe in the works during that recording. When we were reviewing the teams, I was mentioning, hey, I think Joe, you know, he's about to get an upgrade at running back. Um, but I tried to hold off from that. And the trade was executed. And from Joe's offer, not mine, he offered me Jamar Chase and Kenneth Walker for uh, Alvin Kamara and Jerry Judy. Now, I personally do believe, I continue to believe that Alvin Kamara will finish as a top 10 fantasy running back. However, I understand the risk. I understand the Saints have been kind of weird this year, like they kind of always are, with Taysom having like 34-point games. Um, and I also understand that all you guys think Judy's trash. I mean, I honestly wanted <laughs> to start Judy personally. So, I mean, when Joe offered me that, I mean, I knew the value I was getting with Kenneth Walker. And he was offering me Jamar Chase, who, you know, one of the only guys who really could finish as the wide receiver one in fantasy. Uh, I, I thought I had done it. I thought that was my big trade. I thought that was our my, my big trade. I thought that that my, my boys were set for the year. Um, and two hours later, I get a text from the anti-one-up chairman, Adam Kisley, letting me know that he 
uh, he, the chosen one. I mean, he he was destined to destroy the one up, not to perform the most egregious act. I think I think I think you either either die the hero, or you, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, and that's classic. Even Mr. I understand very little of the dynamics of any of that, but I, I think <laughs> I think that's that sums it up. It's it was an interesting thing, Conrad. Um, so this was earlier. This was Monday of last week, I believe. Um, you had a league-winning trade, in my opinion. Like I think that trade would have immediately catapulted you into number one overall, in my opinion, personally. Like, I think that oh, Joe should not have traded Kenneth Walker and Jamar Chase. It was so silly. Um, I offered Jonathan Taylor and Chris Olave, which honestly, I think in hindsight, is gonna he's going to regret not doing that, especially with Garrett Wilson being droppable in almost all formats. Maybe not now that Elijah Moore has, as of like an hour ago, requested a trade, if you did not know that, Conrad. Um, I, I, uh, yes. Got a sleeper notification. However, this is huge for Adam. I mean, you're giving up the number, I think Eckler is either number one or number two right now. You're giving up the number, you're giving up a really high tier fantasy football running back. We all have seen Austin Eckler play. He's obviously amazing. I don't know. Like, I think Kenneth Walker and Jamar Chase just blow it out of the park. Like, yeah. You want you want to you want to hunt for young guys in this league. Like Adam or like in fantasy football, right? Like it's my whole philosophy. It would it it's honestly what saved me from picking Kyle Pitts and AJ Dillon because they have not lived up to their ADP currently. It's because I was drafting younger guys and was able to immediately put in like Damian Pierce and Chris Olave. Like it kind of saved my ass. So when you have an opportunity to start one of these like young studs like Kenneth Walker, who now has a completely open backfield, like it's literally just him and DJ Dallas. You're, you, oh God, I should have like just told him like, dude, hang on to him for a week, see how he does. And he did amazing. Like the tape, like if you watch the Seahawks game, which I did because um, it was just on you could see how just electric and game-changing Kenneth Walker was. And then you add on the fact that you're giving up arguably a top five, uh, top five ceiling or wide receiver in Jamar Chase. Like there have been issues with getting him the ball, obviously, and especially with him and T Higgins, but oh my God, what a blunder in Joe's. Uh, it was bad. It was bad. And to let that slip away from both of us, Conrad, I'm biting us both in the ass. Like, I should have given up more. It's, yeah, I mean, I I honestly kind of knew that a one-up, a lot of one-up offers were going to come. I mean, I don't think it's league-winning for Adam necessarily because I do think Austin Eckler is going to finish as the RB1 if there's no injuries. Mm-hmm. And there's no understating what an RB1 does for you in fantasy, like the RB1. But... I guess move, moving on past that, um, <laughs> obviously I was frantically going to everyone for trades at that point. And uh, Jack, we we did our we did a inner pod trade. Uh, that was a great moment. Um, I really wanted to give you Josh Jacobs for Mike Evans. I think that's a very fair trade. Um, and after a lot of gaslighting, a lot of nagging, a lot of uh, debating, a lot of sending each other Field Yates tweets, 
Conrad, uh, this is literally all just on your side. I was doing work at the time, and you were just I was also doing work. But this is what I would do. <laughs> this was his work. This yeah. was his work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm Billy Bean. I'm Billy Bean at the office. I don't care if everyone else is trying to work. I'm going to be screaming into my phone, asking Jack not to take away Justin Tucker from my boys. I but, did, and I did eventually break you. So Justin yeah, Tucker I, has his home right now on my team I, for the I first always, time since I believe sophomore year of high school. I was always going to make that trade because at the end of the day, no matter who you are as a kicker, you have very, very little value in fantasy. Will Frankie doesn't want to hear it. Uh, and Jack, you were agreeing with this just last week, saying we need a uh, we need a no kicker league. I'm sorry. My- there's a, there's an explain that there's no value in the kickers. What are you talking about? So, the kicker has single-handedly <laughs> won most of the games. <laughs> Whereas it's D- like flipping a coin, Will. Like it's not. <laughs> there's no savviness in getting a good kicker. Like I'd be fine with keeping defenses, but can we just all agree to remove kicker and add an extra flex spot? Kickers are so painfully dependent on opportunity that. When it comes down to it, it's not like it's not even like a defense where a really good defense is getting a lot of sacks and a lot of turnovers and getting some touchdowns every game. Kicker is truly it's all about the opportunity. The I, the same team, the same team is going to have it be fourth and second at the thirty four yard line and decide to kick a field goal. Very little does mm-hmm. that kicker skill factor in unless you have a really bad kicker. Mm-hmm. Even in the Ravens case, you see them going for it a lot of times on fourth and short, even knowing they have Justin Tucker. Um, so at the end of the day, the only thing the kicker truly matters is the amount of opportunity they're getting. Because if you really look at it, it really comes down to the kickers that you're starting in fantasy don't miss a lot. Like, so, so yes, Justin Tucker is safe because Justin Tucker is not going to miss a 50-yard field goal. But also, most other kickers in fantasy also is that you're going to start are also going to make that 50-yard field goal too. Mm-hmm. So. At the end of the day, yeah, I'd rather have Justin Tucker on my team, but a kicker has a kicker has so little value that it was it was a small compromise that I was willing to make for Tyler Algier. And uh, Jack, how are you feeling about that trade now? Um, no, I feel I feel good. I mean, it's regardless of how we kind of all know what Mike Evans is going to look like for the rest of the year, um, like. He's going to have those weeks where he gets three touchdowns and he wins you that week. But he's also going to have the week where he gets like four for 75, which is like, it's doable. Like that's a fine line, but it's not like the boom you want from Brady's. First of all, wide receiver one. And second of all, now that Gronk is gone, goal line target number one, you know. Um, So like in that sense, it's fine. It's going to come down to Josh Jacobs, right? Like whether or not he performs. And I took that risk you know, um, and I'm fine with it. I'm content. Like, I'm not mad at the trade. Um, and obviously, you saw some opportunity because you now traded away both Mike Evans and Tyler Algier. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah, I was going to get to Mech, uh, chronologically Metcalf and Kissler's trade, but I guess we can bounce to that one next because, wow. I mean, actually, you know what? We'll start with the smaller trade that no one has been talking about, probably for good reason. Uh, Metcalf traded away Kareem Hunt for Adams, Tulane product, Darnell Mooney. Now, uh, these are both guys that I think would be starting at flex on most teams. Conrad, uh, let me stop you there for a second. <laughs> um, Tulane, for the first time since 1998, is now ranked 
and I am going to the game this Saturday, and we'll be live group meeting everyone there. So That's be excited. We're facing, <laughs> we're facing Memphis, which is the school of Hard Knock star Obina Eze. <laughs> No, I know people don't really want to talk about this trade because it's so unexciting, but honestly, it, it is interesting to see people moving small pieces like that. I honestly think that that happens a lot more in my big money league because everyone's so scared of – because you can trade draft picks in that league. And everyone's so scared of trading because the first year people were trading a lot of draft – myself included. We were trading a lot of draft picks, and we saw how much that like really came back to bite us the next year. Like We were really down bad the next year, some of the teams. The disparity was insane, uh, not just with – of course, teams not no longer having the equivalent of their fourth round pick because uh, it's a three person keeper, but also because um, <laughs> it was like uh, teams would have like three back to back to back picks, and it was just devastating. So, anyway, the small money, the small under the radar trades happen a lot in that league. People just kind of pivoting for position, and I, I really like it. I mean, it's it's what makes trading so special. It's not just those home run hits. Um, which it so often becomes, it's it's those little pieces that you move. It's just if you don't trade, you don't have access to any of the best talent in football, except for the guys you drafted. And at the end of the day, you want you want to be a fantasy owner where you care about the developments of every single player. Because <laughs> I agree, I agree. And, and and you know that can that's easier if you're in multiple leagues because you tend to just have more players, but like. For instance, I don't have Brees Hall in a single league, but I'm still very interested in seeing how he develops because, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see when I think would be a right time to, you know, trade for him if his value goes down or if it's, if that's ever going to happen, et cetera. So anyway, if, I'm a, if I'm Anthony, he's my keeper, right? Like, we can all agree on that. Uh, well, Najee Harris definitely isn't my keeper. If I'm <laughs> yeah, uh, that, Najee, that Najee Harris one, we were all skeptical on draft night, and now it's we were all right, so we can all go back. Conrad, I wanna I wanted to bring up something with you. I have it's pivoting off the trades. So they did like a small player trade, it's Kareem Hunt for Darnell Mooney, you know, it happened, whatever. Um my thing is that I feel like we get in these trade conversations and then they have this snowballing effect where it's like well, I need this player to match this player, and it's like, well, I need a quarterback now because I'm yeah. trading my quarterback and now you get in the position where you're trading essentially half of your starting lineup. And I want to talk to you about that, Conrad, because I did just do that. Yeah, we're going to lead into this conversation. I essentially forced you to trade Herbert for Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, that that is one thing I do think is good about the one up. I mean, I think a lot of things are good about the one up. Um, the one thing I, I kind of like about it is that once the well, so just to explain the details of the trade, um, I had originally executed um i yeah i i had asked declan came to me i mean uh jack and i were talking about this last night but i'll just repeat for the audience declan came to me saying give me mike evans and joe mixon and i'll give you Devonte adams and i said that's insane Devonte right. value is like the level of joe mixon so i said okay if you give me aaron jones and Devonte adams so it was two first picks then i'll give you mike evans and joe mixon and mixon was my first round pick and mike evans was your first round pick jack um, uh, it was my second round. Sorry, your your <laughs> first pick. Not John. Yeah, I guess my first like the time first, I had to make a decision. Yeah. Um. So, so then Declan kind of was like, "Well, that's not very fair." 
Um, and I saw it as perfectly fair, but I was like, all right, just doesn't I seem think like- that's fair. No, I think that's a fair trade. Honestly, it's it's what it should have been to begin with, personally. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like if, De- if Declan knew what he had and Deontay Johnson, that's what it just should have been to begin with. <laughs> Declan knew I wanted Deontay Johnson. So he was like, all right, I think a fair trade is Tyler Algier and Deontay Johnson added. Look, I, I personally, when Jack threw in Tyler Algier to the trade I made last week, I saw that as enough to push the line on the kicker because I was like, maybe Cordell Patterson stays injured. But right now is the only time that you can even imagine starting Tyler Algier this year. And I don't even want to start him. I was feeling very weak about starting him to flex. Trading that in for Deontay Johnson, a value that I really believe in, a value that I really think is going to explode, especially if Chase Claypool gets traded, which word is out, the Packers are heavily pushing for Chase Claypool. I did notice that. As a Pickens owner, I'm very excited. Yes, exactly. So I'm I'm very excited for that. And so I, we, we did the trade, and um, I I let Declan know. I was like, hey, just so you know, if if, if you if I get one up, you're gonna destroy me. I I will feel devastated if you one up me. I was thinking that. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, and then Jack, when I was driving home, texted me individually. He said, um. I am trading Declan, Jonathan Taylor. I'm one-upping you. Jonathan Taylor, Brian Robinson, and DK Metcalf. And the fact that Declan hadn't texted me anything made me think that, that Jack was just messing with me. I was like, all right, Jack. Good one, y'all. Like, nice. you know. Uh, yeah, nice. Okay, <laughs> whatever. I just ignored it. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to text Declan just in case there actually are in talks, just letting him know. I really hope you didn't one-up me, blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, Will and I were at Trivia. We got first place last night. Nice. Huge win. Absolutely. I mean, we. I, I can't even begin to describe how massive of dub yeah. that was last night. I mean, we can have a whole other podcast about that weekly trivia night. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time I think all the pieces fell into the correct places, and finally, uh, uh, it was beautiful. The, the 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 team got it done, and we got free shots, and that that's going to be my highlight. That's that's my that's my. Um, uh, your rose that's my that's my rose of the week i think yeah when, when all is said and done uh at the end of this week hopefully your thorn is no but worse than being locked out for 20 minutes yeah that was not good <laughs> wait by the door as conrad wait came to me. <laughs> um just to finish up these trade talks though jack uh declan tells me i got bad news for you buddy and i'm like man at this point i don't even i don't even know how it needs to happen but i need to one-up jack because how I texted Jack. I'm like, Jack, I don't know if I can do this podcast with you tomorrow if you want to help me here. Because I'm just, that is going to sit with me just like <laughs> I, It all comes full circle. And- you have to realize how sad that, that text made me. I was so like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, we're letting it invade. Yeah, I, exactly. So so I, I it, it was a little personal, but it also, I mean, I would have never stopped as a commissioner and as a podcast host just because my feelings got a little hurt but um so then i was a few pbrs in with uh after that huge victory we had the victory shots and i i just i got the courage i needed to just tell declan you know what i know you're like justin herbert i i really don't want tom brady at the top of my lineup because one i think that who knows if he's gonna return to what he was the last couple of years and two like i don't like having to root for tom brady every week i don't like seeing his shriveled up face at the top of my lineup um he's nasty he's really gross looking also wait are you boys watching uh red or uh cardinals saints right now you guys got it open? oh we're we're about to start it up but what i got i got i got prime open right now so i'm doing the same thing Uh, hot rod is kicking for the cardinals i didn't know that who is 
Rodrigo Blankenship. Um. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. They, they just signed him. Um. My my boys are gonna be getting some uh live reactions. They had they had but, Amendola and um <laughs> did the same thing for them that he did for the Chiefs. Anyway. Um. So yeah, I was like, you know what? We'll do the QB swap. And when Dishe said, uh, you know, obscenity, you got yourself a deal. I felt very good about that. I, I, I had just got off a 35-minute phone call with Jack, who kept telling me to push through the trade. And I was going to do it, but I was very hesitant to do it. And just when I opened my computer, new text from Declan Shea, the, one, the, the two-up was done. And the rest <laughs> so Connor, I am, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought I was giving up too much for Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. And the only – I mean, we discussed this. The only reason I was, like, that comfortable, like – trading for those two players was because I also had the handcuff to Aaron Jones, but now it's like, I'm content with not necessarily making that trade. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it is what it is when you get, when you, when you get one up or you get one up by the one up at the end of the day, you got to look on the bright side. At least you didn't lose the values that you were giving up. Well, and then it's like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) they're, they're, and if you're really desperate, you can always one up again. You know. Let's let's turn to something that Will was involved in that because we know he'll never get involved in a trade. Um, Will win <laughs> uh, second win, I believe, of the season. I, I, that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> second win of the season in a in, let me barn burner with Riley Evic- Putman Metcalf. A victorious second win, uh, triumphant, <laughs> I should say. Uh, I want to I want to uh, put on the record that Metcalf and I now have the same yeah. record after a two and zero start and an zero and two start from you. Metcalf is two and four. Yeah, Metcalf so, started two and zero. Oh my God, Riley, what are you doing? I mean, you you have you would have to blame some of it on DeAndre Swift, but Jesus Christ, that, that's brutal. That Riley Metcalf is the New York Yankees, and I am the Oakland A's, and we are. <laughs> Except the Oakland A's make a lot of we moves. Are, we are. <laughs> We are. I am paying much less for each victory than Riley Metcalf is. Well, both of both of you are just terrible. Like, I, like I'm not trying to. But the Yankees at least are going to make the playoffs this year, or are they making the playoffs? They're play. Wait, playoffs have started, right? Are they in the playoffs? I'm sorry. Are you? T- so what are you talking about? Oh, the Yankees. Are- We're talking about baseball. We're talking about Yankees. He's currently playing for the ALCS, Jack. So. I'm not watching ba- I'm not watching baseball. I'm 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 watching season opening basketball right now. Yeah, you should oh okay, that's classic Jack. Um you should you know what but well Will, I mean why don't you tell us about uh some of these starts? I mean starting Zay Zem at your flex, definitely definitely <laughs> Saints touchdown! Let's go! Andy Dalton deep bomb Okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> It was it was too Rashid Shahid. So no Chris Olave points when I'm here. It was not Chris Olave. Conrad, you're right. You are all good. Uh, when it when it comes to Zay, uh, he uh, he stayed on the roster this week because um, you know he he consistently proves to not do any worse than any other any other. Any other wide receiver in the league, he does fine. He 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 got six point seven points, and that is pretty much his average. Um, who are, wait? Who are you talking about? Zay Jones. Uh, <laughs> oh god, god damn! I thought you said Zay. <laughs> no, yeah. dude, Zay Jones is not your guy, man. Come on, you, know you got You know what? I'm sorry. I, 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 
his average is 8.4 points. So if you can find, uh, I can, I can do a lot worse than Zay Jones. I, I think this is a classic being overlooked for a variety of biased reasons. <laughs> you can always do worse, but it's about whether or not you can do better. <laughs> Mr. Starting Javante Williams after he tore his ACL. Let me say this. And I think a lot of, I was hearing on the radio, uh, you know, on the, on the morning call-in shows, throughout the week that the only reason that the only reason that I won was because oh Jacksonville defense got minus four points let, let the record show that even if Metcalf got a zero a, a, just a zero not negative four I still would have won this game so I, I think it, it was it was a it was a team victory and and that's and that's 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 what I have to say about it I mean onward and upward uh I'm, I'm playing uh, Bufa Lagam this week. Oh so. wow! Just the just the two tacos of the league are facing off this <laughs> week, and it just and it just helps that Conrad drafted for Tommy this year. <laughs> so it's kind of a proxy war, me versus Will. Uh, again, I no longer claim Tommy's team, and I have. Well, you no longer claim your team, is is what I'm hearing now. Because like, I'm moving team. all my boys. Yeah, because you have. You, uh, None of the original cast is still there. Well, thankfully, in fantasy football locker room culture, as much as you try to tell us, is not an actual thing. So, <laughs> Connor, Connor, the fact that you are currently live living with someone who is this bad at fantasy football is astounding. <laughs> like I thought, it, I I was really nervous that Will was going to be competitive this year because you were just be whispering little tidbits down his <gasps> neck, like, all, like all, th- all throughout the night. Well, but now it's just... I just oh. say this, Jack. Um, I noticed that you were projected in the final standings to be ranked number one at the end of the season. That's correct, right? I saw that. I I don't... Yeah. I well, 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 and I just want to say that that's really cute, because three weeks ago, I was also projected to be number one. So it's just... True. just <laughs> And then we... And then you stayed stagnant, and I made moves. And look where we are. I'm the highest projected. Jack, I'm sorry. Like manager this. Oh, week. it was me three weeks ago. We all shall fall. And I, I, I would, I will, I'd be willing to bet you twenty dollars right now. You will not finish first. <laughs> <laughs> I will bet you twenty dollars now that you will be doing that beer mile. Oh, okay. or beer five. I think that's <laughs> okay. a good bet for you. With wait, I think you're okay. gonna win forty dollars actually. Like <laughs> both of those. I I am I will fly out to Washington D.C. to see you run this beer 5K in the cold. Okay. When you absolutely lose to Bofa Lagam or Riley Metcalf, you're hearing it right here, right now. <laughs> Not only is Jack going to pay forty dollars at the end of this, he's, he's going to pay like three hundred dollars <laughs> for a last <laughs> holiday week in ticket to fly out to D.C. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also, I also want to see my two oldest friends. <laughs> True. Hey, that's that's really that's really <laughs> true. Never forget the photo of me holding the Chipotle burrito in spring. <laughs> we can we get we can never forget that the dirty dozen is all about friendship, and that's why next year we're gonna do a vacation draft. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Let's definitely go to Puerto Rico. Telford can trade crypto at higher speeds there, and we can have. Uh, Metcalf just generally very concerning uh, show, especially when you consider the fact that a lot of his points this week came from Deion Jackson, who was an all-time spot start and kept Metcalf competitive, but who will obviously not be useful for the rest of the season. Um, again, DeAndre Swift is out. Um, Metcalf, D- Derek Henry was out this week, um, but Metcalf kind of. Oh, ro- oh, oh, wait, sorry. Go. I was saying, Metcalf's kind of traded away Kareem Hunt, who I thought was a pretty – one of the, actually, if you think about it, 
as much as people are frustrated by Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt is actually the best handcuff in the league. Oh yeah, big time. Because he doesn't waste a spot on your roster at all. He's always a flexible player. And if Nick Chubb really does go down, then Kareem Hunt becomes a top five running back. So I think that... Oh, wait a second. I don't, I mean, I don't think top five. But oh, come on. I would say, I would say like, he's probably in the 13 to 16 Kareem range. Hunt runs harder than anyone else in the league, except maybe Josh Jacobs right now. Except Jam- except Damian Pierce. He has the most. He had 17 broken tackles last week. That's true. He had, no wait, two weeks ago because he was on bye. I heard Rex Burkhead's coming for that job though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a white running back will never usurp a rookie Florida running back. Jack, this is a great topic change to go to your team. Another game, another absolute stinker this week. Um, oh my god! Wait, can I do my victory lap? Is this when I can do my victory lap comment? Oh yes! I, you know what, Jack? I before you get into this, because I'm sure you're gonna have a lot to say about this. Let's recap what happened last week. Will I'm gonna feel. Will Frankie was on the podcast, right. and he said in the middle of our power ranking after Jack and I had collectively given him, I think, the number three overall spot. I will be. I I do think you were being a little generous, but I was. Happy to agree. I thought I came in more at four or five, but I, I, I was happy to agree with three. Will Frankie said, you know what, Jack, I think your team is just bad. I think you have a really bad team. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if he said, I, th- I think he might have said something along the lines of like, he thinks that you're going to miss the playoffs or something. Yeah. He, I think. Oh yeah, no, he was like, he was like, I'm going to be in the play. He was, I'm going to be yeah, in yeah, the play. You know, dare I say it got a little, a little uh, testy. It, little... <laughs> it did. It did. What it did, Tamki. He, he was giving him the business. I mean, <laughs> I mean, personal foul number wiped up by Fancher. <laughs> and Frankie, yeah. uh, his team had one guy on by, one yeah. player. It, it, it is a startable player, Darren Waller, but also someone that has not been producing. So and also injured. He had he had all of his players going. And he called out Jack's team in general. Not Jack's team this week, but Jack's team in general. And Jack's team this last week was missing his number one overall, Jonathan Taylor. Mm. Was missing Damian Pierce, who's been the best value in the entire draft. Mm. Was missing Josh Jacobs, who we just traded for that's been doing amazing. Uh, Rashad Bateman and Chris Olave, who Jack is really obsessed with. Mm. They were all injured this week. So mm. Jack trotted out two tight ends. Yeah. And one of them... Got zero <laughs> yards and still scored five four points. Um, I, I mean, let's be real. Jack still had a bad week. Uh, not not worse than you would have expected because again, he was starting a bunch of duds. Joe Burrow really carried his team like completely this week. Mm. But um, the real story is that Will Frankie put it all on the line to score sixty five points. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure he would have lost to everyone this week. Uh, <laughs> By no means was I expecting a good week. I was, I think I, at the end, I was projected like 83, which is like, oh my God. Like, if you're projected to get 83, yes. you're definitely not even cracking 100. Is my quarterback on bye? Like, why does it say I'm supposed to get 83? <laughs> yeah, like, well, these projections got to be wrong. <laughs> but I, I will say, Conrad, I did not have a good week, but I did not have a bad week. Cause, or at least relatively, because I checked. And guess where I was uh, points scored-wise on the week? Like 1 through 12. Well, you scored more than me, and you scored more than Will, so I'll bet you were probably, like, number 6. I was 7. I was 7 on the week. Pretty good. Which is like, if you look at my projections, 
that I was by far the last. Like no one else was touching eighty, and I was like in the low eighties. <laughs> like I'm, I'm very content, and I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast knows that I have been aggressively trying to trade Joe Burrow for a blue chip quarterback. I don't even think I need to do that anymore. Maybe it was the Superdome magic where he won the national championship, but. I'm content with Joe Burrow. I think I he's currently ranked five on the season, which, you know, it's just, this is week seven right now. It can't be, like, that crazy of a fluke, so, you know? Jack, like, one boom wink is not going to make you the top five quarterback. Yeah, can I ask you a question? Are, yeah. You're, you're willing to sell Joe Burrow going forward, not only this season, but for the rest of his NFL career, you really think that he, he found some sort of magic in college and is just the, the next uh, – I don't know. What was that guy's name at LSU uh, who was terrible afterward? Oh, uh, Jamarcus Russell? Jamarcus Russell. Do you- <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, Joe Burrow's career is already, like, leaps and bounds better than Jamarcus Russell, right? Like, Joe, Joe Burrow is not this. <laughs> the, uh, okay, let's back it up. Jamarcus Russell got drafted that high because Al Davis is a crazy person, and he could throw a ball 70 yards on his knees. And Will, wait. So, sorry about Jamarcus Russell. I don't know if you've heard of the videotape. Have you heard this story? Oh, I love this story. It's so funny. Media bell. So Jamarcus Russell comes to the Raiders, and like as Jack's saying, he can throw 70 yards from his knees. He's this crazy talent. But he's also put on a lot of weight, and he just – they get the sense that he just doesn't know the playbook. I mean, you always say one of the reasons you could never be a quarterback is because it's hard to know the playbook. Right. They felt like he just didn't really know what was going on out there. So they were like – started to suspect like – is this guy watching tape? So they gave him the VHS for the week and they just, it was just a blank VHS. There was just nothing on the VHS. Okay. It was unwatchable tape. They're like, all right, uh, go watch the tape for our opponents this week. And then at practice he came and then they were like, all right, what were you seeing in those tapes? And he was like, yeah, no, it was, it was really, um, yeah. Like, 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 I feel like I'm ready to pick them apart. It's like I'm aware. And like, we just let everyone pick on you. It's worse than Kyler Murray. It's so much worse. It's so much worse. Um, yeah, so uh, that was Jamarcus Russell. Anyway, Joe Burrow, meanwhile, was picked number one overall to the worst team that had been perpetually bad since the Red Rocket left. Sorry, the Red Rocket. Yeah, Augur, Augur, well, since Red Rockets last season, but yeah, essentially since Marvin Lewis, like, couldn't rely on prime AJ Green anymore. And 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 good defense. Joe Burrow in his first season and his rookie season looked good and then he tore his ACL and MCL, which is just oh. both of those are year-long injuries and he was out for like he was supposed to be out for 14 months. I think he only ended up being out for like 10 months. So his first full season of health and the Bengals I think I think the Bengals finished last place again, right Jack or did they that year? Oh, I mean, like in the AFC North? Like in the NFL that year. No, no. They picked Jamar Chase like fifth overall. Okay, they were one of the worst teams. So they- Yeah, oh, for sure. First healthy season and his first year with his rookie wide receiver, he goes to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's insane. Yeah. And he was also, if you remember last year, he was getting passed around just so much. It was like... <laughs> Derek Carr. <laughs> 
It was like, it was like a cold one at Tampkey's, am I right? <laughs> we don't care ears here, actually, Jack. We just we just have enough where the, I mean, sure. Uh, and all listening to this podcast are welcome here. Honestly, at any time, you show up at our door, there will be a <laughs> one and a couch for you. So you're 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 confident you are or you aren't confident in the rest of his potential. Has he hit his ceiling as an NFL quarterback? No, yeah, he could be great. I mean, the thing. The reason he didn't get drafted as, like, I don't know, like a top four quarterback this past year, like, I think he, what, came off the board as, like, nine-ish, eight to ten range. I don't, I mean, I know I got him in the seventh, which is not, like, terribly high uh, for a quarterback. Um, It's because he can't move, right? Like, he's not that Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray I wonder if <clears throat> Jalen Hurts like mobility, Daniel Jones as well. But we, <laughs> crazy, we, crazy legs Jones. But he was never that guy. Like I wonder if they were thinking he's going to be the next Tom Brady, where he's just a really good decision maker. Well, yeah. I mean, if you don't, I mean, if you don't, it's not that he's just a good decision maker. He can also sling the ball, Will. Like he can, he can pass, he can pass it like a nobody else. Like understood. Like like Jalen Hurts wasn't even that good, like in real NFL last year. I, I, oh, he was terrible. He was terrible as rookie and yeah, sophomore. Like, like he was not good. But I think he finishes like the QB two. Okay. Because well, he had the point that he started because he's a running quarterback, and for every for every twenty five yards you pass, it's one point. But for every ten yards you run, it's one point. For every rushing touchdown you get, it's six points. For every passing touchdown, it's four points. Those add up very quickly, and you have a really high floor too. That I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like, like the 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 Jalen Hurts can have a horrible passing game. Or he throws for less than 200 yards and no touchdowns, but he's still going to have like 70 rushing yards and maybe a rushing touchdown. So his floor is like 10 points, which is honestly a really high floor if you think about it. Um, it's it's it mirrors the floors of Mahomes and Josh Allen. Um, anyway, so well, I mean, it's just like even him on a bad day is probably at least going to have 40 rushing yards and honestly probably a rushing touchdown. Like you know? No, I, I agree with the joke. Anyway, speaking of my team. Um, it was. It was. It, I, I don't. Nope. Will, would you like another glass? Oh, sure. Thank you. <laughs> oh wait, are we taking a beer break? Let me go get a beer. Um, in my matchup this week. Um, look, I, I'm not Jack, where I win with an 80 point game. I'm not Will. <laughs> I did get bailed. I mean, it was nice. Oh, Chris Olave, 15 yard catch. Um, look, I, I'll fully admit this was a bad week. Uh, I think the worst part was that a big reason that I traded for Mike Evans was the philosophy of you have like I knew I like a, like I knew that I was gonna be able to move Mike Evans soon if I wanted to. I was mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. I was kind of planning to wait till after the Panthers matchup because I I was ready for him to have a big game. But um, I literally did that Mike Evans trade to temporarily upgrade at wide receiver and be able to use that to get another big wide receiver, which ended up happening um, just so I could. Okay, just, I like that. I like that. Just so I could beat Telford this week, um, and oh god, yeah, right. Telford had a very beatable week. He scored. I mean, he's been putting up like an average of 115 points, and some weeks he just destroys you, like what he did to you last week, Jack. Uh, oh, he. Oh my god, he put up like, so bad 60 points last week. So, but I mean, this week, I mean, th- okay, this week was a very bad week for fantasy across the board. But again, 107 points. Um, I, I, I could have beaten him. I, I made the trade to beat him. Um, 
And, you know, my my core delivered. Mixon, Kamara, A.J. Brown all brought home 15 points. Um, R.I.P. To, to, to Joseph Mixon now. Um, and- I will say, Conrad, I have been dogging on Joe Mixon a lot, but I've been reading a lot of articles now. It seems as if his value is going up. Well, his George Precary is the worst in the league. Um, and- but he also has, and he has like 60 red zone touches. I'm sorry, Jack. Is Taysom Hill, he's... I just saw him play quarterback. Andy Dalton is healthy, though, right? T.C. Will's not starting at QB in this game? Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston are both playing tonight. It's more so the fact that Taysom Hill likes to come in and yeah, I, was so. I think he's against- – I mean, I haven't been, like, fully paying attention, but I think he's had, like, two snaps. Okay. That's very nice. Um, so okay. <laughs> It's also only seven minutes into the game, the, Conrad. The failure here was Justin Herbert, my blue-chip quarterback, and Mike Evans, the guy I traded for this week, they both scored – they scored six and eight points respectively, and I was looking at my team after this. Wait, how much did Herbert have? He scored eight point four points. I mean, if you if, Jesus, what? If, oh, P U, gross. If you were, oh wait, they're lining up Taysom Hill on the far left, Conrad. If you recall, he's a what? The oh wait, no, flag, flag, flag. If you recall <laughs> the Vegas line, I'm sure you guys all saw this. Mm. The Vegas line on Justin Herbert throwing for a single passing touchdown. Yeah right before the game started, inexplicably moved from, you know, this probably won't happen to they, it was plus 100. So there was a higher chance that he, Vegas was betting a higher chance that he wasn't going to throw in, that he was going to throw in. Obviously, that was a bet that everyone smashed. Everyone was like, <laughs> oh my God. Yes, Justin, Dude. one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy is definitely going to throw a passing touchdown. And he had thrown a passing touchdown in every single game of his career, except for one of his early games. And Vegas knows more than all of us because – Justin Herbert. You li- you can never win against Vegas. At the very least, you'll get lucky. But like, holy fuck! How- when Joe Russell sent that, I like that tweet. I lost my mind. I was in shock. I was like, if I I would have bet like my entire rent on that bet. Like, <laughs> oh my god! I know. If I would have seen that, I would have been like, I will actually place a lot of money on this bet, and I would. I was like, that's that's a hundred dollars. Like, like that's, if I would have seen that, I would have been like, guys, let's put the the league money on this bet. This is the, the pool. <laughs> it's like we can double the pool in two steps. <laughs> yeah, like a quarter into the game, the pool will be doubled. Nevertheless, and this game went into overtime too. So Justin Herbert <laughs> had five, <laughs> and he didn't, and he won, and he didn't throw a passing touchdown. I, I just cannot believe that. I'm like, and it's not even like he had like. Oh no, he did a QB sneak or like they were on the one both times and like you have to run it. Like, no, he was he was throwing it. <laughs> so, oh my god. That was the team that I woke yeah. up to on Tuesday and I was just looking at him like I, I don't think this is a team that can win a championship. Like Justin Herbert was a quarterback I drafted to get me twenty points a week easily. And Mike Evans was a guy I traded for to yeah, he'll have his down weeks every now and then. Conrad. Conrad, you'll be happy to know that Taysom Hill just threw the ball to Alvin Kamara. <laughs> Let's go. Um, uh, he, you know, Mike Evans. That was a trade that I made. I was like, you know, he'll have his down weeks, but he'll be a he'll be a solid guy. And he, I mean, Mike Evans is still like he. I mean, look at the tape. He's still playing so well. He was only targeted four times though. So anyway, I know, but Brady is kind of he's he's doing divorce things. That was part of why I was open to this big trade, and I made that trade. So you know what? I'm fielding a very different team than I fielded this week. So I think it's fine. Telford, um, props him again. Uh, Geno Smith um, really had a pretty bad week, all things considered. Um, but uh, 
Chase Claypool on his bench also had a big week. I don't fault him for not starting him. Cooper Cup had a down week with no touchdown, surprisingly. Mike Williams had a horrible week. Nick. Oh, yeah, he did. Nick Chubb had a bad week. And yet, you know. <laughs> Washington defense. <to> the <laughs> Washington defense. Randy McManus. Alan Lazard. I mean, who of says, course. Who says kickers don't matter? Look at that yeah, right there. Yeah, exactly. So, 13 and 11. And, and, and of course, Leonard Fournette, who, again, a lot of people, I think maybe the most slept on early pick of the draft. Not necessarily. I was. I was not feeling Leonard. I mean, I know he had the talent and he was just injured when he was at Jacksonville, but I was just not feeling him at all Leonard, this year. Like, why would I pick Leonard Fournette instead of a guy that I can get excited about? Like, like you know, a Nick Chubb or like a um, a Saquon Barkley or something. But, you know. Well, then it's, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And then it's like, oh my God, I'm going to trot out this geriatric player. And then it's like, Fournette is like, I don't even think he's 30 yet, you know? He's like, bald and has a big beard, so everyone thinks he's really <laughs> And he's also been, like, in the public conscious for a while because he was huge at LSU. Um, yes, sir. Uh, oh, like, Chris Olave, three catches already, Conrad. See. Oh, yeah, that, that was a nice catch. Um, anyway, props to you, Telford. I hope you <laughs> don't even make the playoffs again. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, with our next matchup here, we have a very interesting one. It was Dawson and it was Cambo. The two teams that were at uh, – well, actually, Telford was number one. So number two and number three were squaring off. And um, – Love to see it as someone who was nipping at their heels. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it, those are always good matchups to see. Like, it's a, it's honestly a win-win situation because there's no real – like, you know, either of those teams probably were going to win anyway this week. So – having one lose and you know anyway it's it's it, it, i feel like there might be one of those this week conrad uh like where it's a win-win yeah let me let me check in on that real fast jack uh but then it's like but then it's like you see riley and uh yep. will playing off against each other and you're just like fuck me how does this help me we have we have uh oh. and cambo facing off which will be great Yes, yes, that is that is what I need. That is what I need. And Joe facing off, but I really think Joe's team is the biggest pretender in the league. Like I, really- I had he kept Kenneth Walker, I would have ranked him number one. But like, holy shit, not number one. Not look. Uh, I mean, damn near close. Like you're essentially getting an RB one, like right off the gate. Yeah. Like I mean, just in like the tenth. I mean, obviously you didn't before, but like. Combine that with Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Hurts. Really, all you're missing is an RB2. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, looking at Cambo and uh, Telford's game, um, definitely came down to the wire. Sorry, looking at Cambo and Dawson's game, definitely came down to the wire a bit. Actually, if you look at it, the Chargers defense needed to score at least one point in order for Dawson to win. Dawson was losing by less than a point going into the week. And that is no guarantee in fantasy. No, not at all. Not at all. You know, I've actually heard people saying recently, and Will, I'm curious what you think about this. <clears throat> people have been saying recently on – so there's a classic strategy that if you are winning headed into Sunday night football or Monday night football and the other team has no one else to play, just bench your defense and play no defense because – the win is more important than maybe getting some extra points for tiebreakers later on in the season. Like, oh hell yeah! yeah no, 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 so, no, that's a that's a classic okay. strategy. Okay. Like, um, yeah, so so will, but this is a strategy. Some people. So if you have a defense like the 49ers or the Bills, you have a great defense. That means that you 
you usually drafted really early, way earlier than a lot of experts say to draft. So a lot of expert teams that, you know, don't even care about defense and just stream defense every week have started doing this thing where they don't even play a defense ever because they'll, they'll, they'll not play a defense and then going into prime time, if they need the points, they'll pick up a defense at that point because of the thought that defenses so often, not, I don't yeah. think it's that often, but defenses really often. Well, more often than other players will oh, feel yeah. the negative. Way more. I mean, it, it, right. if you have a player getting negative points, like something messed up happened. Like the, on the first play of the game, the player got a handoff, fumbled the ball and got injured on the handoff or was benched for the rest of the game. So, I mean, yeah, teams lose to their – and you never want to lose because of your defense. So, um, I'm curious what – well, first, Will, but also, Jack, what you guys think about this uh, rising strategy of just surrendering a roster spot for avoiding the risk. Well, are you telling me that in this scenario, I have – Sunday Night Football has finished, and I'm – my opponent has no one left to play, and I'm winning – and I just have a defense left. Oh no, that's the that's the standard strategy. I'm saying the, the new strategy to do is to go into the week not having a defense at all, at all, and then and that way you can also roster an extra guy on your bench, and then going into because there's an empty spot in your right. starting lineup, and then going into um, prime time like Sunday night or Monday night, you look at the matchup and see do you need points from a defense or are you fine? So right. mm, that's an interesting idea. Uh, the only problem I have with that is that you you are yourself eliminating a whole bunch of defenses. Yeah, from, like I mean, you only have what a, a quarter of the defenses left. You and odds are at least two of the four defenses that still get to play are already rostered. So you probably have like two defenses to choose from. Sometimes one of those defenses. A lot of time, prime time games are high high powered I, offense versus high powered offense. So that means that you're like, all right, I need the points. So I guess I'll pick up the Commanders defense to play against the Chiefs. You know, like it's it's not going to. I think yeah. I would not do that because I think it's it's how much more value are you getting from having a bench an extra bench player versus your defense is more than likely even though it's it's more often more often than any other player you're going to have your defense you know maybe get a negative yield that's 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 true but what I just don't I think the value trade off is not there to not put any defense at all at the beginning i think that's a that's just not worth it i i i would i would say no so your fantasy expert is gonna say no on that <laughs> on, on that proposal i would not do that. let me like, will let me stop here i i mean i told you that strategy is dumb as hell like i what what are you first of all you play fantasy to win the game. You don't play it to get cute and go Mr. Analytics with it. Like, you're not, not, okay. First of all, logistically, it doesn't work um, because if you're trying to pick up a defense that's raw, that's not rostered, you can't drop players after they've already played. So regardless, that's... So dropping like a startable player that's on bye week. Yeah, that's the, only, that's the only option. I mean, I'm... I would be able to like hear out opinions on just not starting a defense entirely, but it's like there are some, there's probably like six to eight defenses that maybe not eight, but like probably six that are startable every single week. And I don't think the risk of getting negative points is like worth just not having those players. Like as someone who has the Eagles defense this year, who have been playing like 
pretty well. I think they're like three or four or something. I'm never going to not start them, you know? Like, there's no reason to just avoid that. Okay, but Drew, um, he doesn't have that, though. Like, I, I agree. That's why I think me drafting early on the 49ers defense was worth it because I knew they had a lot of good matchups this year and I knew they were a really good defense. I but also just, like... What if I'm, like... What if I'm, uh, I don't know, Declan, who started the Minnesota this <laughs> week? Or there are, who started the Bengals defense? Like... Is it viable for me? There are 12 startable defenses in this league, right? I, whether or not you start them, that's on you. Like, I'm not necessarily saying the guy who's getting negative points from their defense is, like, starting someone. But I'm going to be honest with you, Conrad. Like, I'm a defensive streamer through and through most years. Like, that's just kind of how I roll. Like, I look towards future weeks and, like, maybe getting a stealthy one on by or like blah, 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 you know? Um, like, for example, this week, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to start Eagles defense because they're on by. So I picked up Packers versus the Redskins, you know? So it's like, there's a lot of upside there because the Redskins don't look amazing. Why are you, saying, why are you saying a Native American slur on the pod, Jack? Oh, commanders. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I feel like, I feel like an NFL announcer now. Um, all i have to say is wow it's mainly for the fact that they're uh i feel like uh you know what your l jack you know what you know what let me say this conrad, I, leave it in leave it in conrad all right let me say this i agree with you because looking at a quick just a quick run through the only defense that got negative points was Anthony's. And there was uh, one other one. Metcalf's. Excuse me. Metcalf's. <laughs> Wish it was Anthony's. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the other one got zero. So it's like, it's not a risk we're taking to be like, I'm, no, so, no. I'm so nervous that it's going to be a negative point defense. That, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to sacrifice those four points. Which... You're playing like a scaredy cat. like, And then it's like, you have to. That's how you lose. That's how I you think... championship. Okay, first of all, this league has been so tight this year. There have been, like, a million victories by, like, in an eight-point range. If you're I mean, starting a defense, you are totally, like, putting yourself out to that. You play to win. You don't play to maybe win. So start someone who could potentially get you points. It's the and same Jack, as, like, there's more evidence of how tight the league is than the fact that you, as a 4-2 and two team, have the least points scored. Uh, I will. I will say that I'm probably not going to win the most points this year. However, I'm in a good position, and uh, you know, I finally got the team that I like, Conrad. Taysom Hill being so bad, but Declan has actually scored four more points than you boys. So maybe Frankie I've, was onto something. I've scored more points than you have. Okay, this, you need to. We shouldn't be looking at. We need to be looking at the highest and the lowest, right? At I, my lowest, I had my quarterback injured, Jonathan Taylor injured, and Kyle Pitts dropped a dookie i i think frankie might have been on something actually because that's actually a very important statistic that we need to keep in mind okay but we've also had a week where i had 138 or something i think we need to be looking more recently maybe that's even more of a testament about how your boys aren't that good because if you put up a week where you scored so many points then i mean what have you been doing the other weeks 55 points one week I, I think mean, it was fair. 55 points came. 
that very easily could have turned into like a slightly be- below average week had Trey Lance just decided to not be out for the season. <laughs> I like how you know what week I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I know, I know exactly what we. Uh, you're acting like I haven't lived through this, Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to move on to uh, our penultimate matchup, which was um, Joe versus Tommy. Um, now, who has Kyler Murray this year? He looks great. This was Tommy coming off of his final first win. Uh, it was just Metcalf is just falling from the stars right now. Oh um, God! Right. <laughs> finally, uh, Tommy got his first win, and he came out and he did everything right. You know what? He did everything right. He started all the players he was supposed to. I mean, I'll admit that if he would have started Tyler, Lock- if he would have started Allen Robinson over Tyler Lockett, he would have won. Um, however, uh, who would have done that? <laughs> now, no, no, you're not going to do that is all of a sudden a startable player. I mean, that's crazy. Um, so anyway, Tommy did everything right. He would have beaten most teams this week. But unfortunately, he was going against a very rowdy uh, Joe Russell, who had a huge performance out of Zeke, um, finally, um, and who got the value that he traded for in that Eckler trade. I mean, let's be honest. I don't think he's still – I still don't think he really got the value. But hey, he got 10 points from Butker, the injured kicker that he traded for. Um, he started, he sat Garrett Wilson because of course he said Garrett Wilson. I don't know why everyone thinks he's a commodity. One reception, eight yards. There was one time I was texting Adam about making some trades and I was like, you know, maybe you'll, I'd consider it if you threw in Garrett Wilson. And he was like, huh, no chance. And I was like, yeah. what are you, what are you on right now? Like, Garrett Wil- I was like, he's a, he's like the second Jets wide receiver. Like. They're not like I mean they're good, but I think it's more so from their running backs and their defense. He must have known Elijah Moore was unhappy. Um, (laughs) As as much as I I do, um, as I was saying that I think Joe's a fraudulent team. um, I mean, if Zeke becomes a low end RB one, I no longer will believe that because Zeke, a a Zeke that anyone resembles Zeke that we kind of think of when we think of Zeke, and an Austin Eckler that finishes as RB one. I mean, with Jalen Hurts as QB, Joe is a more balanced team now. He did just lose Hollywood Brown, however, which I think will significantly affect his team. And uh, Antonio Gibson is just just headed straight to the bench. Um, uh, look, I, I don't even think Joe's team is going to make the playoffs. But right now, they're doing fine. They beat Tommy. Tommy, just keep the faith. You're going to start rattling off more wins. Shout out to all your good starts this week. And now moving on to our final matchup. Not too much to say on this one. It was Adam versus the Shawnee Sickos who have just been. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, Eklund has some legendary losing streaks in this league. He lost like 11 games in a row one time. Oh, my God. It's just, it's sad to watch. Declan, I love you, man, but what is going on? This is on a five-game losing streak right now. <laughs> Perfectly balances all things should be because Declan started with a loss. Telford, sorry, Declan started the year with a win. Telford started with a loss. How far we've come from that because well conrad if you remember last year we actually had <laughs> i'm fairly certain that tommy mitchell started out four and oh yeah no and then and then i came to tommy and i was like hey man <laughs> are you just in a trade and it just it was never the same from there <laughs> so um anyway uh, Rondell Moore, you didn't get it sorry <laughs> i hope but there's a flag can i say this that, that in defense of the shines it goes no one is talking about <laughs> Ryan's like, I've got 14 points this week, which is higher than any other player on his roster. Ryan Suckup is the number one kicker in fantasy right now. 
If, okay, first of all, if the kicker is your highest scoring player, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> like, that's, that's not something going right. That's like saying, oh my God, why did my, why did my defense score the most points? Oh, it's, it was, it no was one a, scored higher than eight. <laughs> it was a testament. It was a testament to how ironic and sicko mode and sicko's committee his game is. His team is. <laughs> He's just committed to the bit at this point. <laughs> I mean, look, that's not <laughs> because Declan's core is completely different now after this huge trade. I mean, that's why I didn't want to get too much into my performance because my team's just so different at this point. Um, by the way, ESPN continues to have this bug where they're just ignoring the fact that the Saints are playing right now. Anyway. Yeah, they're saying they're on bye. I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> um, seems like right now we have uh, we have uh, the Lego Builder lining up for a kick, and it is good. <laughs> We're, uh, Rondo Moore, your ass. Holy fuck. you got to catch that. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Declan, uh, I think, I think we, we're all <laughs> wishing the best for you. Um, I think at the end of the day, that DJ Moore pick is going to, I mean, it should have been offset by Daryl Henderson becoming, uh, such a great value. Um, Henderson probably should be your keeper. Um, but no, God, wait, I mean, I don't know Declan's team right now, but God, no, Daryl Henderson. Mm. Look, yeah, as yeah. someone who... Dr- as someone who drafted him in the fourth round oh, and provided me a ton of value last year because yes, Cam Akers was out in the twelfth round, so that would be. A I know, I know, I know. I mean, you got to be looking for the highest value keeper. I just don't think it translates that well. Moving on, Adam on the other side of the ball. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, he used Kenneth Walker and Jamar Chase to his advantage. Um, Adam, I have zero willingness to give you any flowers here. Um, he did start Marquez Valdez Scantling, who got zero, and <laughs> very good week because um, he he took my trade from me. Mm. Um, I have given up. I mean, let's just directly compare what happened last week. I had successfully traded away um, Alvin Kamara, mm. um, who got uh, fifteen points, had a good week, and I had traded away Jerry Judy, who got seven points for. Uh, uh, for Kenneth Walker, who got 18 points, and Jamar Chase, who got 28 points. So I think that actually, I don't know if it would have helped let me beat Telford. Um, I actually think it would have. Um, so, Adam, you have become an enemy of the state, an enemy of the, oh, an enemy of the pod. An enemy of the pod. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to have you back on just for entertainment value, but you are not welcome. Uh, <laughs> and and it, it, it's, it, it's going to take a very... It's going to take a very relaxing day at LQ to offset this animosity between us. Or me just beating him and him just living with that. Because I will not rest until Adam is buried. Um, Adam, good win. Good, good win. Um, I hope you don't make the playoffs either. Um, now we move on to the last part of our podcast, which um, Jack... Oh, God. Are you looking at DeAndre Hopkins' hair? It looks terrible. Jack, okay, sorry. Let's continue. Can I do for this last part? <laughs> oh, it looks <laughs> awful. What are we doing for that? College football, right? Let's do this. I think I think we could just end it. Honestly, we we could definitely. End it. Um, We've had enough. Maybe we can get We can get hot takes from hot college football takes from from each of us. I would. Okay, I, make... I can go first. Do you want me to? Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you guys a three, two, one, and I'll start. Okay. Three, two, one. Okay. Um, going into the last part of our podcast, uh, we once again have someone who's more of a college guy than a right. pro guy. On the program, um, we have a guy who is enjoying his team being ranked for the first time in 24 years. 
Let's um, go. Bill <laughs> gives him credits for that national championship in '98. Um, and we have a guy who uh, is accepting college football into his life as uh, KU's exciting, Michigan's been exciting, Tennessee's been exciting, and living with Will. I mean, I mean, it, you might as well just just not exist on Saturday if you're going to avoid college football. And and it, it's been a it's been a very fun year. It's been fun to see Alabama lose. It's been fun to see um, a lot of guys that we we like at the top. Um, so for, for this segment, uh, what I really want to discuss is in a year of freezing cold takes, people thinking that their boys are him when their boys are indeed not him and they're losing to, uh, Appalachian state. Um, I want to hear a hot take from each and every one of us on college football, a hot take that we believe by the end of the year will be proven correctly. Even though right now we sound crazy. Jack, why don't you go first? I'm going to say it. And I said it last week, before they had a win over Alabama, Tennessee is winning the national championship. I think, I think, that's, I think that's a very fair, hot take. I said, I, said, I said that two weeks ago, like before they even were, like when they were ranked like 10 or something. I, I think they're certainly just all around. I think their defense is obviously, I mean, it was going up against Alabama, but I mean, it gave up a lot of points. But I, I just think their, their quarterback is – He's he, honestly that that whole offense is is very very explosive and they can they proven they can score a lot of points. I I wouldn't put Tennessee past winning the national championship. I wouldn't put them past being in the national championship. The problem is that they're going to have a lot of these teams eat their own. I haven't I haven't actually looked at how many teams how many of these top six teams play each other, but. Um, it becomes a lot more difficult if if Alabama beats Georgia and um, and it, you have a situation with Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia, who Alabama and Tennessee are not in the same division of the SEC. So we could have a, a situation again where Tennessee and Alabama play each other in the national championship. Um, teams have to play each other. Michigan has to play Ohio State. Um, ironically, Illinois played. It, it, they're going <laughs> to... <laughs> Illinois is in control of their own destiny to go to the college football playoff. However, they are going to have to beat both Michigan and then Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. However, they are in control of their own destiny. You have a lot of interesting things that could happen in college football right now. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, speaking of that, I have, I have a question for you guys. Um, this isn't my hot take, but it's related to Jax. If yes, Emma wins every single game remaining, including the SEC Championship, and Ole Miss, with, who is undefeated, wins every single game except to SEC champion Alabama. And Tennessee wins everything except they lose to Alabama in the, in the SEC championship. And Georgia's only loss comes to Tennessee in two weeks. Yeah. Is I mean, there a legitimate argument for an all-SEC college football playoffs? Are those the four best teams in college football if that happens? I think it completely depends on what it looks like with Michigan and Tennessee. I think, yeah, I mean, you're not looking at, I totally agree with Will. I mean, you're not looking at those, that specific, like, very, albeit unlikely outcome, because there's also a chance that either one of Ohio State and Michigan becomes undefeated as they're going into the playoffs. I, mean, I, would, like, I would support all of those teams over an undefeated Clemson for the playoffs, personally. Really? Like, per- personally, okay. why are we talking about Tulane being... I mean, they're six and one. Only lost to Southern Miss. It's like when Clemson lost to Syracuse that one year. You know, like we gotta 
why are we not talking about them being a national championship? Is that what you're saying? Are they are they a sneaky national championship pick this year, Will? Can we get some thoughts? No. I think they would get a New Year's Bowl. Yeah, but the one loss, the, that's the that's kind of what I love about college football is that the one loss kind of, it does make it very, very difficult for you to get back into it. You need to have a perfect record. I love the fact that Tulane can claim, I, I to amend Conrad's previous statement, which I, which I am never, I, I try to avoid always because I think Conrad has great takes, but <laughs> I didn't say they deserve national championship. I think they deserve, they can claim a share of it. There is that... There is no, they didn't lose to anybody. No one beat them that year. And that is what I love about college football is that if you can go 12 wins and not lose to anybody, no one was better than you. And that, that's, that's. Yeah, but I'm then you about. don't actually get recognized as a champion. Oh, well, sure you do. You, no. Too, 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 you can, you can convince the voters to. Michigan and Nebraska shared a national championship in 97. But Tulane uh, and UCF just, they beat everyone in front of them. And well, I, sorry. I, what am I supposed to do? I beat everyone in front of me. Okay, sorry. Is I mean, a- it's like, are you supposed to be like blowing every team out? But then it's like the point of a winning is not to just blow a team out; it's to win the game. You know, it's you're not trying to run up the scoreboard. That's that's actually one thing I don't like about college football is that if I'm a fan of a team that is competing to try to be in the playoffs or a really high bowl, I can't like get excited about a close win mm. over a team that isn't really good yeah. because that, that, I mean, the, the committee, the sickos committee, <laughs> the, the committee treats that close. Okay. Like, like as an example, if, if I am a chiefs fan and it's week 13 and we're going up against the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. who have looked better yeah, than right. they're supposed to be, but they're not a playoff team mm-hmm. Seahawks at Seattle. Yeah. And it's a very exciting game. It's fun to see Seattle kind of going hard on us. Mahomes is having a great game. We end up pulling out such a fun game, such a great game. All that yeah. all that affects me is, hey, you know what? That was a crazy game, but we won. Who cares? Mm-hmm. In college football, if you are Michigan and you head into Nebraska mm-hmm. and you have to win in overtime over Nebraska, mm-hmm. then not only You're does that not- move yeah. – the ticker anyway in your direction that that could move you down in the standings i mean that is that not an issue will or do you think no that- i i you know i understand what you're saying however i think that's- you won the game it's like you it's did like, what you were asked to do i don't want to watch a sport that is predicated on me rooting for blowouts mm. i mean i think i think the fact that like <laughs> it's literally just subjective rankings is terrible like that and Taysom Hill touchdown. Let's go. <laughs> Fuck it. Taysom Hill? Yeah, Taysom Hill touchdown. Okay, okay, back to this. Okay, so you're looking at college football from like a fan base stance, right? It sucks that if you're rooting for top four team, which obviously like it can be incredibly close, right? As we all agree, we have all watched college football like at that elite level of like the Alabama Clemson. When you're looking at that, it just becomes subjective. Like, for example, this past, uh, when I was in Kansas City, I watched the Mizzou-Georgia game with my favorite person in the world, Samuel Torty. We were both just like, Mizzou had a chance to win it. Georgia eventually pulled it out, like not necessarily convincingly, but like it was, Mizzou didn't have like a chance going into like seven minutes in the fourth quarter ish. Like they Georgia finished out 
the game as you would have expect them to. The Georgia lost like a ranking to that. Like it was Alabama number one the next week instead of them. So it's like I don't. I just don't think any player should like okay. leave a game not feeling good about a win. I mean, it was the same with Alabama Texas like week one or whatever. Like that's just okay. Ugh. You know, Jack, that's a good point. Here's here's what I will say in response, though, is that what that does, I think, is it shows a team's weaknesses, for example, in Alabama versus Texas A&M last week. When I saw Alabama barely pull out the Texas A&M game, that's, that's, that signals to the committee, that signals to me. How about the Texas game? Further, yeah, further to my point, is that it shows the, it shows the voters – that I that, that maybe this team isn't that great, and that's what that's what gives the opportunity for a team like Tennessee to show that they really are him, that they really are that. <laughs> um, so that's what I'll say, and that I think um, I, I I think I I like the idea that it comes down to what you produce on the field, um, and if you if you if you show a subpar game, then then you, you you maybe aren't as good, maybe aren't as good. You aren't the best answer on multiple choice tests as another answer so <laughs> that's good will do you have a hot take for us uh do i have a hot take i i think i think michigan will beat ohio state again and i think oh uh, in in uh what's it in um, columbus i think there's a lot of there's been a lot of talk about how oh, ohio state's the best team and you know what this is going to be on freezing cold takes i guess later in the in the in the year <laughs> but i think michigan will You're beat ohio state again <laughs> You know, that's what I'll say. Okay, how is Michigan going to beat Ohio State? Is it going to be 48 to 45, or is it going to be... Oh, I, I think it'll be the most competitive. This Last year walked so that this game could run. I don't think Ohio State... <laughs> I I, I, when Ohio State lost to Oregon last year, that's when I knew there was a chance that Michigan could beat the game, beat them because their Michigan was, a, was an above-average team, but they weren't that great. You saw that in the Georgia game. What I'll say about this Michigan-Ohio State game is that they both look pretty good. Um, Michigan absolutely took it to Penn State. It was not it was not a competition of a game. They had 14 points that were spotted to Penn State. It should have been 53 to 3 in that game. Um, oh jeez. So, I I think this game will be it'll be Michigan probably. You know what? Here's my hot take. Game of the Century Part 2 2020 Ooh. is Ohio, Ooh. Is Ohio State number 1, Michigan number 2 going into that game. Michigan wins. So, what if it's what if it's like fourteen ten or something? Like it's just <laughs> to happen. Georgia needs to lose to Tennessee, right? And then Tennessee needs to lose to someone else. Yep. Uh, let's let's review really quickly <laughs> who Tennessee is playing other than Georgia. I guess Tennessee can lose to Kentucky. Yep. That's one team that they're. Okay, I just think that's, okay. that's my that's my hot take. There you go. Hey, another and when I say game of the century for those who are not in the lore. That means number one versus number two in their arch rival. So if if oh if, really that's what that means. So yeah. oh I did not know that. Last Thank time you, <laughs> was Michigan versus Ohio State in two thousand six in Ohio Ooh. State. It's one of one versus two. It was the first time it's ever happened. It rarely ever happens. The first time it's ever happened for the Michigan Ohio State rivalry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's 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 what it is, and that's all I have to say. Very good. <clears throat> um, okay. As uh, as a more of an NFL guy, but as someone that's been getting very much into it, um, I think my hot take is that the best, the objective best game, people might not even recognize it as this, but the game with the most fireworks, the game that everyone's going to get on their TV when it happens, 
The game of the year is going to be USC versus UCLA. Oh my God, Pac-12, get out of here! Get the. Fu- I mean, I do. Lo- I do. Every time I watch UCLA, I feel the need to point out to my. I'm assured annoyed roommates at this point that oh my god I had math class with Jacob Sykes. <laughs> yeah, UCLA's got Sykes. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm a UCLA fan just by proxy now. This team could go rotten in like two days because UCLA is playing Oregon, which is their biggest competition until that USC game. Oregon's number ten right now. Um, regardless, I what I hope for that game is that UCLA wins out and USC wins out going into this game, and the cards fall into place where it's not a game of the century because, um, honestly, if USC hadn't lost last week, USC would be probably above Alabama right now in the rankings. Where's and, USC right now? I only paid attention to number 25, Tulane University, first time since 1998. They're, they're number 12. They lost to Utah, which Ooh. is respectable. So they, they, they ain't making the playoffs this year then, right? Yeah, true. I mean, I agree. That's so, what... Will, I know you hate this, but that's why we should expand the college football playoffs. So mark your calendar, November 19th at UCLA. I'm sure Adam's going to be there. UCLA versus USC is the game of the year. Okay. Well, that is all from us today. Thank you for bearing with us this week. We wanted to be sure we were in the right mind, the right, uh, the right space to do this. Um, you'll be listening to this on Friday morning, maybe during your lunch break, maybe during your commute, whatever it is. We really hope you succeed going forward. We want all our boys to succeed unless you are out of the Thank you and have a great night. <laughs>